Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have Jacqueline Gallo with me, and Jacqueline is the CEO of Clarity and Action Consulting, a women's empowerment company on a mission to help women create lives they love. She is also a life coach, two-time best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and host of popular Spark Your Light podcast. Jacqueline has spoken at over 125 corporations, conferences, and universities in seven countries. She's been featured by Forbes, Elite Daily, Bustle, and Washington Business Journal, and Good Morning Washington. Thank you so much for being here today, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's an honor. And I would love for you to just really dive into how you got here today. What was that journey like for you? I know it's probably a lot. So I'll give you the five minute version. So I started entrepreneurship probably when I was a kid, I would say like just natural, always knew that I was going to have my own business and always knew that I was going to be a wealthy woman. I remember when I was a kid and we would go on one week vacation, my parents would save up the entire year for that one week. And we would go to the beach in New Jersey. And I remember we would walk by the beachfront houses and I would always tell my parents, like, I'm going to buy you one of those one day. And I just, I just always had that in me. Mm. However, when I went to college, I didn't think it was going to be so soon. I just thought it'll unfold when it unfolds. I wasn't trying to build a business and I did the whole corporate America thing for a summer internship. And I quickly realized that it wasn't for me. Mm. I felt unfulfilled and like I was settling and I knew I wanted more than just good enough. It wasn't that bad, but it was just good enough. And that's how I knew I wanted more. So I decided going into my senior year of college that I would just pick a business idea and try it. I felt like because I was still a student, I had room to fail. And I knew that most people fail on the journey to success But what I wasn't expecting was the amount of failure I experienced and the severity of those failures. So my first idea was to build this product that encouraged more balanced eating because I struggled with an eating disorder in college. And one of the things that really helped me was eating balanced meals that really fueled my body and uh, not restricting. So we created these plates. I manufactured them. I borrowed money from my parents. I drained my savings account and I had $10,000 worth of inventory in my grandmother's garage. And long story short, no one wanted them. I only sold them to family and friends. They were a product that required a lot of explanation, which I could have chosen to continue like keeping on, keeping on and trying to push. But I realized that it wasn't going anywhere and I didn't want to beat a dead horse. I know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting, expecting different results. And so I didn't want to do that. So I had a strong inkling to pivot, but I wanted to take this passion project and just use it in a different way. So I realized, I don't know about physical products. There's a lot of different challenges. I wasn't anticipating with them. Maybe I should build an app and God bless my soul thinking that an app would be easier. 
I raised 20K on Kickstarter to fund my app. I hired college students because that was the only thing within my budget. I, I thought $20,000 at 22 was so much money. I was going to be able to hire any company. And then I started getting quotes from app development companies for you know, 100K, 200K. I'm like, okay, college students. <laughs> so long story short, the app, uh, we launched it with a few hundred women. The target was women in college. It was all around balance. So there was workouts, there was meals, there was like mindfulness and wellness tips, and it had tons of problems, bugs, crashing, basically the entire app needed to be revamped. And so then I had to make a choice again, this time, do I go and raise more money and try to get a different team of developers who can maybe build an app of this caliber, or do I pivot again? And this was my like rock bottom where I thought about just quitting entrepreneurship altogether because I had tried twice I had been doing it for two and a half years and I hadn't seen any results. I had probably spent like close to 50K at this point of money I didn't even really have on ideas that never got off the ground. And I just felt like maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe I'll never be successful. Maybe I would be happy with the job because I tried and I knew it didn't work out. And, you know, all of that negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. So I turned to personal development because I felt like even if I did get a job, I was feeling really down and I wanted to at least change my mindset around it all and process these failures. Of course, what that did was inspire me and help me shift the way I thought about failure and help me feel more open to opportunity again. And from that openness, I actually came across a Facebook ad that was talking about how women can be public speakers. And I signed up for this course at this point. I was out of money. I was out of all the money I raised. I was out of all the money I borrowed. And so I just put it on a credit card and I took this course and I just decided I was going to go all in and become a public speaker. It sparked something inside of me. I knew it was aligned with my skill set, and it was something I, I felt like I just was being drawn to. So I trusted it and I tried it and I experienced a lot of success with it relatively quickly, which was the first time in my life that that had happened with business. So it was really cool. And I just kept building on it. I just kept trusting my intuition. Okay. People would come to me after my speeches and say, can you help me? And I would say, okay, let me figure out this coaching thing. Let me go like learn about that and see, you know, how I can become a coach and just one step at a time really built my business. So today, as you mentioned, I work with a lot of women also I'm expanding to all genders so I can help more people, um, just helping them create lives. They love helping them create their dream lives, achieve goals that maybe other people would tell them are unrealistic, but they know in their hearts is what's meant for them. Sort of like I have done for my life. So that's the kind of long, short version, I guess it's kind of long. And also it could be a lot longer. I'm sure, but I so appreciate you really diving into the elements of what you experienced from the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. And like knowing from a young age of like, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know how that's going to transpire, but I'm doing it. And I love that you just took a risk on yourself. You bet on yourself in each element. It might've not turned out exactly how you wanted it, but it led you to here today and really being able to trust your intuition. And I know you talk a lot about my manifestation on your website as well, and just with what you do. But I think too, it really comes back to understanding the depth of trying something. It's not always going to work out how we want it to. Failure is such a common theme throughout entrepreneurship. It's never just the first idea and it takes off. That would be nice. But (laughs) if you look at any successful entrepreneur like yourself, 
you've gone through hurdles, but you didn't let it define you. And I love that pivotal moment where you started working in personal development and working on your mindset, because I think that is so crucial with everything we do, because we could have the resources, but if we don't have the mindset to do that, how do we allow that to transpire and really just trusting your intuition of, okay, I really like this. I'm really good at this. You can use your skill sets to become a speaker. So I'm curious, how were you able to like with the obviously personal development, but what really led you into that speaker role and starting to have that success as you move forward? Yeah. The biggest thing was getting over my own mindset block of, I am not credible and I don't have anything to speak about. So why would anyone listen to me? Because I'm a failure. And I did a lot of inner work on this and what I concluded, I like to say, create stories that set you up for the things that you want, because you can kind of tell the story in any way, right? There's, there's Mm -hmm. millions of lenses. You could look at the same objective information from. And Mm -hmm. so I, I essentially like put myself in a lens that empowered me. And so the lens I chose was to see myself as a young person who wasn't afraid to fail when the common norm of college students, and that was my primary target when I first started speaking and still a big part of my speaking was this fear of failure. So I might not be able to teach someone how to reach their biggest dreams and goals, but I do know for a fact that as you mentioned, failure is essential and I'm not afraid of it and other people are. So I have something really valuable to offer to the world. So that was one. And I think we all have that. We all have really valuable things to offer, but it can be so easy to be on that other side and say, well, who am I? And I have no experience and I'm not enough, but when we really look at it, there's always a lens you can choose that will, that will be genuine. First of all, like, it's not like I was, you know, going on stage and saying, I've, I have 10 years of sales experience and I'm teaching people how to sell. I'm actually teaching people to do something that I did. And I just had to get behind the fact that it was worth getting paid for and and it was valuable. And I had a unique, uh, way of sharing it and unique experiences. So that was really big. Um, that was one. And then the second part of it was more of a strategic part, which I think can apply to any goal, which was being all in saying no to everything else and just following a strategy that I thought would work. I I think that we overcomplicate, like, I don't know how to achieve my goals. And it's like, I thought if I cold emailed a bunch of people who worked at colleges or students who ran organizations, anyone at a college who planned an event that people would answer. And eventually enough people would get on the phone with me that I would get some bookings. And that's what happened. Like it was very straightforward. It wasn't rocket science. And I think most people have a path like that, but they're so caught up in their head and they're spinning over the plan. They don't take any action because I learned how to get myself booked by putting myself out there. I learned who has money, who actually makes the decisions, all of these steps that are essential and now make my process much more seamless by just doing it. And I am really proud of myself that I had the, I guess, self-assurance at the time to be Mm -hmm. focused enough on even like three months out, six months out, then one month out, because it's really easy as an entrepreneur to get caught up in the short term. Mm -hmm. And if I was caught up in the short term, I would have been freaking out about how the heck am I going to pay my bills and this and that instead I think I was babysitting on the weekends, like just anything I could do to like bring in enough basic money. And then like at least 40 hours a week, I was all in on actually doing the thing I thought would work, 
and it worked. So I would say the mindset and the strategy there both really helped me get there. And they're really easy things that anyone can apply to their entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. I love how you phrase that too, because, you know, so many lenses can be looking at the same story, for instance, or getting caught up in the plan. I know that was me in the beginning of my journey as well. And I know a lot of people do get stuck there because like, well, how is it going to work? It's not really focusing on what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not the how, it's the what, like, what are you doing every day to get to that goal in six months and not focusing on the short term? Because entrepreneurship, especially if you're creating a business, it's not something that's short term. You want it for a long time, unless you're selling it or whatever, but it really is that bigger picture. And that's what I think like, there's a lot of visionaries as well in the entrepreneur world. And it sounds like that's you too. Um, but really being able to take that step back and look at what are you doing every day? How much time and energy are you putting into it? Is it a full fledged business or is it a side hustle? What are like, where are your priorities? And it's really going all in and betting on yourself. And that's exactly what you did. And I think that's what has made you successful from like an outsider's perspective of putting in that time and energy, but also again, going back to trusting yourself and putting yourself out there, even if it's uncomfortable, finding the resources of, okay, who makes those decisions? Who has the money to hire you and bring you in and being able to find those. And it's not impossible. It's just being strategic and having that strategy, like you said, and executing that strategy because you can have the strategy, but if you don't execute it, we got a problem. <laughs> totally. There's so many little pieces that come together, but to be honest, they're all very simple. It doesn't mean it's easy to do them. It's no. going to be uncomfortable, but they're simple. Exactly. So I'm curious because I know you've had a lot of success and talked about some of your failures, but being a speaker and an author and having a TEDx and all these amazing things you've done, what have been some of the roadblocks after you really started focusing in on speaking? Yeah, the short-term thinking actually like came back, mm. which is why like looking back, I really acknowledge myself for not having it then. Mm. It became so easy to think about that next gig, that next client. And I was on the hamster wheel of running my business mm. instead mm -hmm. of building my business. And for someone who is a visionary and who has really, really big dreams, I didn't want to just stay in the same business. I wanted to grow it in the direction of my dreams. And so really needing to remind myself, we do not live in microwave culture. It's safe to say no to things, even things that make you money and even things that value your time really well, because it's a distraction and it's not in the right direction that you want to go in. And just getting really clear on how do I balance the short-term and the long-term at the same time? Because the short-term is important. Like I am a huge advocate for, I just recorded a video on TikTok yesterday about how to be happy now and get off like the happiness treadmill. And one of, one of the pieces of that, that I think is really important is like doing the things you want to do now in your life, which sometimes does require like financial freedom and time freedom. And so I'm a big advocate for like live now. And so it is sometimes important to put short-term things in place so that you can enjoy your life and you can do some of the things you want to do now. Yeah. And balancing that with the long-term. And I finally found that balance that works for me, but it took a long time. No, you're absolutely right. Balance. And I know you mentioned that earlier too, when you're creating the app, having that balance, working out, eating healthy, meditating, doing all these things. And that's something that I'm a firm believer in as well. And it's in the season too, of like understanding what works for you. And a lot of times people try to mimic, oh, well, that works, that routine works for them. It'll work for me too. When that might not be the case. And just 
really going inwards. And I love that you were mentioning that earlier too, of just like reflecting and figuring out what that next step was for you when you were going through all the personal development that you were doing, but being able to kind of take that step back and look at it. Okay. What does balance or integration look like for me and being able to really understand that. And I love that you made that video because it goes back to happiness too, because I think there's that instant gratification that a lot of people look for or expect because of how quick and easy it is to get things. But when it comes to the internal stuff, it isn't a quick fix. You can have those moments of happiness and it those moments become bigger things as well. But if you're constantly chasing, oh, I'll be happy when versus being happy now. And I, I got to check out that video. I think it's so important to recognize that. But speaking of happiness, I would love to know one or two client success stories that you've had recently or in the past that you would love to share. I'd say my favorite success story is one similar to mine in the fact of, you know, being in a job and the most common thing I hear is actually like mediocre. I don't meet that many people that are like, I hate my job. I'm ripping my hair out. I meet mm. a lot of people who are like, my job's okay, mm-hmm. but I, I know that there's more out there for me. Yeah. And, um, just the whole story is so beautiful. So I was at a conference, uh, just as an attendee, not speaking yeah. or anything. And I was with a group of women, maybe five of us, we were all staying together. And my one friend and I, as soon as we got there, like went over to like the section where you take photos with like the big sign and we took photos. The rest of the group was like interested in getting seats and whatever. So they never went and got the photos. So my friend and I, at the end of the day, we're like, we don't want to get in line for photos again. We already waited in this line, but the other women we were with wanted to wait in the line. The conference was over for the day. So we're like, we have to wait. We were annoyed. We're like standing in line. And my friend and I are both very outgoing. So we start chatting with the people around us. And there's this woman in front of me named Stacy. And she's telling me how she's a teacher, but she came to this conference because she's hoping to like get inspiration to start her own business and leave her teaching job. And I was like, oh my God, so cool. I was telling her a little bit just about myself and what I do. Uh, And a few months later, she uh, messages me, I think on Facebook or something and is like, so I want to hire you. I'm ready to leave my job. Like, can you help me? So it was just so divine. Like the first lesson in this story is that like the people who are meant to be in your life and the people who are meant to be mentors to you, like they'll find you. Um, And and I find like a lot of my clients, I've actually like connected with in really unique ways, which is special. Anyways, I started working with Stacey back in, this was 2019. Yeah. Before COVID crazy. Um, And uh, she built her business for about a year on the side with her full-time teaching job. And then last year she left her teaching job and she, uh, essentially has like an inspirational, uh, company to help, uh, people of all ages, but especially kids as a former teacher, um, embrace the mindset of like growth mindset. So she goes into school, she does assemblies, she does coaching. Uh, and it's just really awesome to see her success in, like going from this job that she liked and she, she liked certain things about it, but she knew there was more out there for her and then building this successful business. So that's one example that I love. I just love like seeing that transformation of like building uh, a successful business and being able to like leave your job and support yourself. Absolutely. You know, I think you brought up a really good point that I wanted to highlight because I think a lot of people don't say like, I hate my job or I didn't go to school for this. I hear that a lot now but it's more subtle things. Like it's okay. They're maintaining. It's kind of mediocre, 
but what can shift when they're doing something they truly enjoy and love. And it might be a skill set they already have, kind of like what you had all these skill sets and were able to bring it together to do what you do now. But it's those building blocks and being able to see how we can meet people at any point in any capacity that you never know the impact you're going to have on their life. And I'm sure she is so grateful that you came into her life as well and you met in just an everyday life in a conference for purposes of personal development and other factors, but being able to really help guide her and have that and see that success and see her in a different light now because she's seeing herself in a different light and really impacting so many more people. I love it's all about growth mindset too, because I mean, I think that's just development in general. If we keep learning and growing and evolving, we have new information and can make different things happen and be creative with that. But what are maybe two or three tips that you think are so pivotal that you wish you would have known in the beginning that you know now when it comes to building your business? Mm, That's such a good question. Two or three tips that are so pivotal. Um, Start selling immediately. I think for so long, I thought I was an entrepreneur, but I didn't have a real business. I was like planning, 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 testing, Mm -hmm. testing, testing. Uh, This is a great book, uh, The Lean Startup by Eric Reese that teaches a lot of concepts, but, but one of the main ones is to like get your product or service out there and test and learn from your customers. The same thing happened with my app. Like I tried to bring it to market as fast as possible, but by the time I was testing it, I had already sunk all my money into it. So then I was kind of like screwed. I not really, because I am the creator of my life and my reality. So I could have went and raised more money, but I, I just didn't have that desire at that point and wanted to pivot. So I think just like start selling your product or service, start getting it in people's hands right away. Like the planning phase, it doesn't really mean a lot because you're just in your own head. The way that you learn what your customers want is putting things out there. And then that's the way you build your business as well. Like word of mouth testimonials. Like it just, Mm -hmm. you're not at, you don't have a business until you're selling something not to be negative. I know all these companies like pre-revenue. And I think it's different if you have to like do extensive R and D, like it depends what kind of business you're starting, right? If you're starting a service business, it's like very simple. If you're starting a business that requires like extensive, you know, product development, it's going to look a little bit different, but I would say like, even so, how can you create the minimum viable product, which is like the minimum uh, amount of like money and time that is still viable. And my favorite example of this is, um, like the MVP for a car. So, um, there's like a little cartoon of this, you can find it on Google, but essentially like the, it's not what you would think it would be, which is like the car without a windshield and just like wheels. And it's actually a scooter. And then the scooter becomes a bike and then it becomes a motorcycle and then it becomes a car. So you can see that it's always viable. Whereas like a car without a windshield and without seats is not viable. Nobody can get from point A to point B with that thing. That's just like floating wheels. Right. So I think that's one, two, I would say, um, tell the story of where you're going, think Mm -hmm. thoughts, feel feelings and speak of where you're going. It's not to live with your head in the clouds. It's not to, uh, have a toxic positivity by any means. I think people get this really confused. So you're totally valid to feel your emotions, to process them, to vent to friends in general, feel your feelings, process them, release them and talk about where you're going. This is what I'm creating next. This is what I'm, where I'm going. This is what's going really well. When I started speaking about where I was going it opened doors, number one, because people would say, Oh, you're doing that. 
I can introduce you to this person. Number two, it gave me confidence and me self-belief on my path. And it was really putting myself out there and and holding myself accountable in a weird sense of like telling others that I was doing this thing that I was actually going to do it. So that's been really huge for me my entire journey. And I still do it to this day. And then number three, I would say, hmm, the biggest thing to getting to that next level, because I think the first two pieces are really good for kind of like the first steps, but I would say the next level, my uncle gave me this piece of advice. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. (laughs) He is a business owner as well. And I always ask him for business advice. And he told me, make a three-year plan for where you want to be in three years, and then do the actions this year that will get you there. So it's like thinking about three years ahead, but then implementing now, I think that's really, really magical for creating that long-term culture in your company. I love that you brought in all those elements because I mean, it's really going to stick with me about your uncle said too. So thank you to him. Yeah, He's great. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. If you think about it, because you're going, if you're putting all the actions in, that's partly why people say, if you're spending 80 hours a week on your business, it's going to move it forward faster because you're putting in all the elements. If you are strategic and implementing as necessary, I know you have two books, you're a bestseller author. What was that process like for you? And if you could tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, the process was really fun. I never thought of myself as a writer until I wrote my first book. And then I fell in love with writing and just being an author and being able to like share you can just really help someone transform as you guys know from reading books. So it's, it's such a blessing to be able to like have that impact on someone else's life. So I I love being an author. I'm working on book number three. uh, And it's exciting to just continue to watch the journey unfold. Um, So I have two books. The second one is probably more relevant to this audience, which is called stop getting in your own way. And I actually wrote it for female entrepreneurs to teach the mindset shifts that I made in, in making my business go from like negative profit to growing it to over six figures. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's super powerful and it's a short, pretty easy read. So that's a great one. And then the other one is probably a little less relevant, but I'll briefly mention it in case it speaks to anyone. Uh, it's called the cuss method and it's about how I overcame my struggle with binge eating. And it's all about like a balanced relationship with food. And I interviewed a lot of uh, dietitians and food psychologists and like why we struggle with binge eating. So if anyone particularly struggles with that challenge, uh, it would be a great read for you. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those. And I know that's going to be so helpful to everybody listening. The first one you mentioned and the second one, if you are struggling, being able to hear it from a different perspective, have a podcast in addition to everything you do. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So Spark Your Light, we have an episode every week. It's all about inspiring you to stay committed to your goals, give you manifestation tips, techniques. It's really tangible. I always try to give like a practice. It's, it's all like lived experience. It's all things that like I have lived and that have worked for me that I share or have worked for clients that I really see making an impact and you can find it on any podcast platform. You were on a TEDx. Could you share a little bit about your topic, what you spoke about? Yeah, it's about courage. So I, I wrote my talk about that moment back in, uh, I guess it was 2018, where I wanted to give up my business and I had now failed twice and felt like I was at that rock bottom. And my intention with writing the talk was what about me was it that I was able to get back up at this rock bottom moment after experiencing two pretty massive failures, whereas other people give up. And I wanted to be able to bottle that up and give it to the world so that when anyone is in that situation, they can get back up. And those who aren't in that situation can prepare themselves 
to get back up whenever they do fail. Because if you're pursuing things that are worthwhile, you will inevitably fail in the process. So what I came to conclude was that in that moment I had courage. And so it's called the courage equation. And I talk about what I think created the courage. Uh, it's really good. Check it out. Awesome. With that being said, we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions. If you're ready for them. I'm ready. Okay. The first question is who is your hero? Oh, my parents, definitely my parents. Um, I feel so fortunate to have been raised by, uh, two loving parents that truly like sacrifice everything for their kids. They definitely struggled when I was a kid and just like, I never knew it, which was really crazy to me. Like my dad, like tells me about it now as like, I'm an adult and I am interested in money and all of these different things and like how hard it was. And, you know, the sacrifices they would make so that I had like the same Jersey as everyone else on the team so that I didn't have to get a hammy down and just like really, really, um, gave up a lot for me. And, uh, my dad in particular, he, created me. I mean, they both created me obviously, but he created the entrepreneur in me Mm. for two reasons. Um, the first is because he told me like every day when I was a kid and I hear him doing this with my nieces and nephews actually that are there. My two nieces are two years old and I hear them like, they'll like fall over and he'll be like, get up. You can do anything you set your mind to. And he really does like speak that into children. And that changed my entire world because I believed in myself and that's what gave me the courage to start a business at such a young age. And so I'm so grateful for that. And he also uh, lived a life filled with a lot of regret where he had an opportunity to pursue a business and it was his dream. And he didn't pursue it because his dad lovingly talked him out of it because he had experiences in business where, um, he experienced failure and it was really tough for him. And he wanted to protect his son from experiencing those same things. And my dad, um, always told me when I would share an interest in entrepreneurship to go for it and to not let anyone tell you to not go for it. And I just think like, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without that. So yeah, I love making them proud. I do think it's so important how children's mindsets, it's a sponge and being able to really instill that from a young age and having that support. And a lot of times you're right. Parents want to protect us from anything and everyone, but for your dad's situation when he was a child, but really being able to create the space for you to explore those opportunities and take action and look where it led you. (laughs) So amazing. (laughs) And what motivates you to work smarter? The things that are important to me outside of work, which are my marriage, my family, enjoying my life, spending time on things that are fun, like just hanging out with people I love or traveling or working out or journaling or reading a book. And it's really important to create that time. And it's easy to work really long hours and get nowhere. So I don't do that. If I am working long hours, it's getting me somewhere. And most of the time I'm thinking about how I can do it in less time. So if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Mm. If I was a superhero, I would rewire the brains of everyone (laughs) in the world to believe that they were capable to know that they can do hard things and to have that resilience inside of them. That would be a good power. <laughs> um, so if you were to share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Mm, Napoleon Hill, for sure. He's amazing. Um, Sarah Blakely. I just love her and love what she stands for. Oprah, for sure. Definitely a big role model in my life. 
And, you know, I would say maybe, maybe my grandfather, uh, because he died when I was eight and, uh, I would like to be able to have a meal with him as an adult. That would be a very fun meal. So if you were to think of everything you've done in your life thus far, what has been the most daring thing you've done? Mm, Daring. Probably when I ran a marathon with a stress fracture that I already knew I had from the training and I ran anyway, because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and it really hurt. And then I had to wear a boot for a long time and my ankle has never been the same after, but it was worth it because it, it really was one of the first times in my life where I, this was before I started my business, I think. Yeah. My junior year of college. Yeah. And, and it was one of the first times that I proved like you really can do like really hard, uncomfortable things. Yeah, no, that, that is powerful. But also just like thinking about it too, like going back to everything you've said, it's that mindset. Like you kept testing your mindset, maybe not even being aware of it, like fully of how that had that impact. But I mean, I'm sorry for your ankle, but it sounds like it was a really good opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. So what is the phone app that you use the most? Hmm. Nowadays, TikTok, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reach all the people. So I'm on there a lot. It's a good one. I know. I just started not too long ago learning the algorithms. (laughs) What is the last book that you've read or listened to? Oh, I am in the middle of uh, the comfort crisis, which is so on point with our whole conversation. And it's about how uh, basically in our society today, like we have so much comfort. One of the examples that the author uses a lot is like most people, uh, especially in the developed world, they are always in a room that is a controlled climate of about 72 degrees, whether it's winter, summer. And it's like, we are so conditioned for comfort we don't even want to like step outside in the cold for three seconds to walk to our car if it's snowing. And, um, it's, it's really interesting because he, he talks about how that really holds us back from a lot of things in life. It's, and he tells a lot of cool stories. He like does things that make him uncomfortable essentially. Um, which are really crazy things like going to Alaska and hiking and like the freezing cold with, you know, outside for so many days and these like crazy things that are risking his life to be uncomfortable and like the benefit of that. So super interesting. Yeah. No, I'm like, I need to check that out immediately. (laughs) Um, so if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? Uh, I'd play myself for sure. Um, what is your favorite family recipe, whether it's a traditional one or you love making it together as a family? Mm. I, I probably feel obligated to say gravy. Do you know what? Oh, well you're Italian, right? Yeah. When I talk about gravy, all my friends are like, you mean Turkey gravy? I'm like, no, like pasta gravy, like pasta Mm -hmm. sauce. Like my mom's it's my, my mom learned to cook from my grandma, um, her in-laws and it's their recipe. So I feel like I have to say that one because it's like the most classic Italian recipe. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I haven't had that in a very long time. Um, sounds good though. <laughs> and so if you were to describe yourself as an animal personality type style, what animal would you be? Oh, I have to think about this one. Personality type and style in an animal. Okay. Well, I'm very committed. So definitely an animal that's a little bit like fierce Mm-hmm. And I'm also really friendly. So maybe some sort of dog that is like friendly, but can be fierce. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, I just popped in. <laughs> I was like, what popped in my head was a pit bull. <laughs> I was thinking pit bull actually, but I was like, how friendly are they? But they, they are super cute and friendly. I, I would say like, pit bull. Yeah. I like that. I think I could see that because they're very friendly. It's just sometimes they get like a bad rep, but they're like the most sweetest animal or dog. It reminds me of like Gary V, like people who like just start randomly consuming something he says are like, that guy's crazy. But then if they like actually listen to his content, he has like so many great things to say. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> so when you have a day off, if you're not writing, speaking, doing all the amazing things with your clients, what is your favorite way to spend a day off? With my husband. Like I would say my relationship is like number one in my life for sure. And always has been, even before we were dating, even when I was single, like I, I just always desired that like amazing love. And now that I have it, I soak it up every second I can. I love hearing a good love story. <laughs> um, what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Oh, wow. There's so many things. Uh, well, that people in the industry hire each other and it becomes like this pyramid scheme. Uh, and it's very interesting to people who are not in the industry. It's mm. a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so final question, where can people find you, hire you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Yeah. My website is JacquelineGallo.com and I am Jacqueline T. Gallo on all social media. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for sharing your light, your wisdom, all the amazing things that you are up to and just sharing what you have to offer the world. We so appreciate your time, your energy and coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. It was so fun. Absolutely. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Jacqueline today? I'm sure she would love to see it. I know I would too. And we'll see you on the next video.